Welcome back, pop culture theologians. We wanted to wait until after the crowning. <laughs> that sounds like a movie. After the crowning. <laughs> of coronation. Coronation of a man that we still do not acknowledge. But it's great to be back here with you. And of course, yet again, we're joined by the one and only Angela LaBeouf. <laughs> hello, hello, hello. Hello, hello, hello. Anjanette, we are talking the final two episodes of the season of The Crown today. Yes, we are. And we have a lot of thoughts. We We do. We have a lot of feelings. We do. You have a lot of feelings. I mean, sometimes they can't (laughs) be contained. (laughs) But most importantly, we need to start this episode with a with a moment of silence would you would you lead us off so this is a moment of silence for the passing of the queen of rock and roll i'm tina turner who just passed um two days ago um as we're recording this um in may and she was and is the amazing 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 not just music but for black feminism for women for women to rise from abuse, um, to talk about abuse, but she was just, and she's not, she's considered a mother of, of drag queens. So we, we got to give her the respect and she was an active um, part, also member of the bad but, ass, amazing woman. Yes. And legs for days, legs and, for days and a woman that could move her body in ways yes. And she was an active member of the Buddhist um, community and um, did amazing things for American Buddhism and music in American Buddhism. So um, this is for you, Tita Turner. Can we also say that Tina Turner did it right? She got the hell out of America. <laughs> That's right. Simply the best. Simply the Simply best. She... The best. We love her. And mm-hmm. I will say, you know, you live in a gay city when um, like you're just walking around town and people on bikes that have their speakers were just blasting private dancer or simply oh the best. Gosh. And you're just like, God, I love him. I love this town. I will say also, I live in St. Louis for many of you that might not know. And um, St. Louis is a place where Tina Turner got her chops um and we we've honored her and we're continuing to honor her here in St. Louis and I was at a concert on Thursday um from the History Museum and they just belted Tina Turner for about a good 45 minutes and it was just a phenomenal thing just to see people dancing to to her music and celebrating her her legacy yeah yeah um what other thing happened while we've been away? I mean, we did have the coronation, even of, though of King Chucky, Chucky boy, um, hash, he's still hashtag not my king. And what I will say about this coronation, I know I didn't watch it, but I know you watched it. Um, what I did watch was the amount of protests that were happening in England, in Scotland, in Wales, of people. saying hashtag not my king. There were soccer events um, that were saying shove your coronation up your ass. Um, It was, I was living for those moments. There were people that were 
um, talking about why Charles should not be king, especially with um, the the amount of rehab they have tried to do between Charles and Camilla, and including this season of The Crown, including this season, and um, a lot of people haven't forgotten that he is a philanderer, he is an adulterer, and should not represent the Church of England, let alone become monarch. And there was a lot of things that I didn't care for in regards to the coronation. The fact that the rising house, you know, housing prices in England, the rising amount of um, low income and poverty and hunger, and they were putting this, you know, pageantry on that no one really wanted. (laughs) And um, what they were doing with Harry and the fact that Prince Andrew, even the fact that I have to still say Prince, yeah. a, a man that is... Was he there? He was there in his full military regalia. I did and, not see him. Oh, yeah, he was there. Um, And Harry was stripped of his military attire, even though he served two tours. He is a, a veteran. He is... And he was not allowed to wear his mil- military regalia. And he was seated three rows behind his father and it was just i i couldn't i couldn't watch it no. um for that but what did you what did you see at that coronation well at that coronation i saw a woman hold a sword for about two and a half hours oh i did see that image and it was amazing her dress was killer uh 100 additionally great arm strength you know like that's solid to carry a sword <laughs> that long. I mean, holy moly. And apologies to our listeners. Obviously, Winnie, my dog, has strong feelings about the coronation. And she let them know beforehand. <laughs> um, I think the last thing I saw was just like, I felt like it was so forced. It's like, ugh. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Did anyone want to be there? I mean, Besides I mean, Charles and Camilla? Right. and And maybe maybe andrew because he's like this is my spotlight as well um what we do also know i is love that kate's tiara though that alexander her, Queen tiara. oh my oh. gosh the 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 echoes of the roman empire were strong in the air family oh. um the fact that's the the other thing that i will say about the coronation is that it was supposed to be charles and camilla's day and it was the wales's days it was Will and Kate and George and Charlotte and Louis came to slay. Yeah. And we're seeing that in the weeks after the coronation that they are where the public want. This is that Charles and Camilla are not getting the publicity the way that his mother did, the way that Diana did, and that Kate is becoming the public princess in in the uk for the press that i think charles and camilla are really struggling over and what we really see is you know just as you said it looks forced even those that um, performed for the coronation concert were i i find it hilarious that the two main liners for the concert were two americans because no british actress singer actor said yes yeah they had well first of all Katy perry you judas i know i mean she is married to a, a brit she she, oh she's orlando married to orlando bloom, bloom yes which so it's can, like, side note side note 
You know, those movies, those Lord of the Rings movies, they bring me calm. Well, Fellowship of the Ring is a mother effort masterpiece. But I, I'm going to say something that I think might get us canceled. What? I like the prequels. <gasps> you mean The Hobbit? Yes. The, the movie's The Hobbit. Yes. I'm, I'm not drunk enough to hear that. <laughs> okay. It is in the morning <laughs> as we're recording this, listeners. Please do not hashtag cancel us. And if you do, remember that was Anjanette that said she likes the prequel movies. No, um, I said find her no. On TikTok How dare and you? You can cancel no. her at any moment. No, 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 no. I am a Tolkien file. No, 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 no. I did not. So, that is all you. You own that. You said it. You own it. I am going to own it. I am. I am owning it. And you know what else I'm going to rewatch? The Narnia movies in on oh. the PBS where they have like the creepy costumes. The, like the old ones, not the new, oh, not the ones with the Ben old Barnes? Ones. I mean, first of all, love Ben Barnes. We all know how I feel about Ben Barnes. It I is mean, well like, documented. Don't you slander. Don't you slander the, the Lord is... and Savior that is Ben Barnes. No. Also, that's a great film. The Prince Caspian, that is a <sighs> great Narnia film. It, it, I mean, outside of his um, Inigo Motoya Spanish accent. Yeah, yeah that's a little I hard. forgive him because he's such a phenomenal actor and he's so good to look at that I'm all like, it's okay. Yeah. I, I saw what he was trying to do. I appreciated it. I valued it. And, and they're I coming said, back okay. to Netflix. Oh, praise be. Because Netflix bought all the rights or something like that. Oh, that's, I mean, and he's amazing as the Darkling um, in the Leo Berdrigo, um Shadow and Bone series. So I don't watch that. Oh, it's phenomenal. Um, just for him. Like, I don't think uh, yeah, uh, yeah. that that might get me canceled because I'm all like, mm. yeah. um, now that they've, you know. Hashtag you know, canceled. Do you like the prequel Hobbit movies and Shadow and Bone? That's right. Will you watch after season three, after season oh, two with them? So um, but no, I think the reason why I'm having a, a, a renaissance of, um, to quote Kunk on Earth, if you haven't watched it, you have to watch it. Um is, you know, I think my Tolkienism is coming back because I'm exploring my Catholicism here at a local church in West Hollywood. Oh, that will do it for you. Yeah, um, and I'm having, I'm having conversations with a priest, Anjanette. Wow, John. Yeah. You know, it all comes in waves. You know, it's a sense of calmness that I've been feeling, okay. and I'm enjoying it. Well, fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, that leads us. You know, know it hit them. (laughs) Well, yeah, maybe that's what needs to happen. Um, There's also a sense of like we're having a little bit of a a hearkening back, or uh, um, are we seeing double? Because what also happened um, in the past couple of weeks in regards to the royal family that we saw before in a time of 1997? You know. When I woke up, I heard it happen live as I saw William, uh, I'm sorry, Harry and Meghan were involved in a high-speed chase in New York City, which, first of all, I don't even really know how that happens in New York City. So it wasn't a high-speed, it was just a a very dangerous chase. Very dangerous chase, yes. And so they almost had Diana Part 2, and it's really terrifying of the ways that they're trying to target these people. As well as the narratives of trying to downplay it. So the fact that 
the public release that was sent out by Harry's press secretary did not say high speed. It just said a very, very dangerous two hour long car chase by the paparazzi that um, they were following Harry and Megan and her mom, Doria, after an event in New York where uh, Megan was given an award and included multiple um, car changes, included police officers, pedestrians were almost hit by the paparazzi. And what we saw is that afterwards, I mean, it was it was horrific um, reading those headlines because, I mean, I can't imagine the trauma that and just the horror that Harry is probably still dealing with um, of. Well, I think that he probably thinks that they're trying to kill him. Oh, I mean, 100%. Like, you don't, how do you not, ta- you know, connect the dots between his mother and his and his mother's death to what he experienced, not just by himself, but also alongside his mother and his mother-in-law? Like, the horror that my, must be, like, I just kept thinking, like, if if all three of them would have passed, those children, like, where do those children go? to england to be you know back into the generational trauma like all like and i'm all like this is where we need to start the protocol again i'm all like honey harry you cannot be now in the same car of you your wife and your your mother-in-law i was like you got to treat it now like you are an heir and you are a reigning monarch and you need to separate like you need to run it like a president and vice president they are never in the same (laughs) transportation so that you keep someone alive because they are they are going at it hard. Yeah. And um the narratives around it of people saying, Oh, you can't have a car chase, a high speed car chase in New York. But the amount of people that have come out and said, We never said it was a high speed. We said it was a very dangerous cars were going up onto sidewalks, they were bombarding garages, they were um pulling out like that's not a high speed, but it is a car chase. And it was a two hour ordeal that they had to get to. And it's just, and the crown Chucky boy said nothing, 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 nothing about how to, and he has the power. He had the power even in the late nineties and early two thousands when the paparazzi were hounding his two boys he had the power to say, hey, let's not do this. They created a policy and they had laws that you couldn't, you know, do what they were doing that caused the the death of Princess Diana. So he has the power. He knows what to do. And there was crickets, not just from Charles, but also crickets from the whales. Like this is a time where if this would have happened as a sibling, I would have gone out and said, how dare you do this to my son and his wife and his mother-in-law? Like that's fa- like you don't do that. And there was silence from everyone in the royal family. Yeah. And so for that one, that's another receipt I'm holding on to. And I'm all like, no more. Like we live in a world where social media is rampant. Things do not die. Things are shared. Like we still, we have digital evidence like for years. And so you, you think that we're going to forget really quickly? No, no, no. no, no. (laughs) Um. Because this is our last episode of season 11 of the Pop Culture Theologians. Marcy says hello. She'll be back. Um, we, I want to, I want to, before we begin this episode, talk about one thing that I think the people need to be aware of. Okay. 
Are you sitting down? I sure am. Good, because that was a trick question. <laughs> Have you seen Mer People on Netflix? No. Okay. But it's it's on my list. You know what I okay. watched instead? What? I watched. And it was um hmm. I watched the um Hulu's um documentary on the Hillsong Church. Oh, instead. I saw oh which one is that one? It's the new docu-series on um that's doing an expose on the Hillsong um church. Oh. And um, that that took that because as a religion and pop culture professor like that, and that's my purview. And I was like, Ooh, which one I need to watch this one because I had been, I have been talking about Hillsong for years and everyone was like, Oh no, no, Anjanette, you're just reading. You love conspiracies. And I was all like, uh, uh, I know, I know the writing on the wall, these people, I know what they're trying to do. I know what this is. And everyone's like, no, no, no. This is why also I cancel Chris, at, um, Chris Pratt. Um, he is excommunicated oh, from, yep, he is, yeah, yep, he's done. He's an excommunicated Chris from the Hollywood Chris's. And I've said that for years because of well, he's, um, he, his he's policies and right? yes, he's a hard, he, and he is a hardcore conservative right right wing Christian national. I said it. That's right, re- listeners. I said it. He is a Christian national, and you can't prove me otherwise. Um, no, and nope. And um, watching that documentary um, shows a lot, and and talks a lot about what we're really seeing on um, the pitfalls of. Christian nationalism, the pitfalls of um, trying to be progressive, but, you know, on the surface, but ultimately you're conservative, you're bigoted, you're xenophobic. Well, he just used it for, in my opinion, you know, it's always like, yeah, I'm down with the gays, lol. Right, he originally, and then, and then he got, and maybe that was because he wasn't yet linked up to Hillsong, and then he became a a huge supporter and practitioner and member. Um, alongside Justin Bieber. Oh, no wonder Haley Bieber. We've chosen Selena in the battle. That's right. Like the marriage between Haley. There's a lot of conspiracies on TikTok, and one of those is that Haley Pitt Bieber or Haley Baldwin, before they were married, was chosen um, to kind of reign in Justin Bieber. So the documentary talks about how Justin Bieber. Um, lived basically at the pastor the hillsong new york's house for months and oh. yeah and Haley bieber's dad was just spotted coming out and supporting um the masterson scientology rape trial oh jesus christ so the well their hashtag right. canceled that's right no but mer people <laughs> Yeah, tell me about Mer People. Mer People, and this fits in with the line of our podcast. I feel like we have to do something on it, but I'm tired. Um, Mer People follows around people, not Marie Cartier, if you're listening to this, Marie, that want to be mermaids. And like there is a vibrant mermaid culture in this country, and it is amazing. They do they do they do like camps? Camps? They train you? They yes, and then they have like 
It's all over TikTok. And now that I've mentioned it, AJ, it's going to be all over your TikTok feed and you will send me these messages. <laughs> but they had, did you know there's a Miss Mer person America? No, I didn't. I knew yes. there was a, a Mer cafe where you could literally go and have drinks and there were people like swim above you. So it's all in about Wiki. Dress. Yes. It's all about from Wiki Wachi, Florida, where I actually used to go as a child, where they have mermaid shows. And people okay. fell in love with that, and people were mermaids, and they have these tails, and there's like, there's like fat inclusive mermaids, like <gasps> the black mermaids, like women of color mermaids. It's incredible, okay. and like it is so good. It's four episodes. I mean, the mysticism, and obviously the um, theology, not theology, but like um, myth around mermaids and how it plays into our culture is so fascinating, but. It yeah. is amazing, and I cannot recommend the show enough to everyone. And all I have to say is that in my life, there are many moments that have changed me. There is a before, a before more mer people, John, <laughs> and an after mer people, John. Okay, okay, and okay. I am better as a result. Oh, okay. Speaking I mean, of I'll not better though, <laughs> yeah, I'll put that on my list. I also. Um, you can watch watching, it in an afternoon. Yeah, I watched. Um, I don't know. Did you watch the prequel of Bridgerton? I have Queen yet. Charlotte. I, I'm not a Bridgerton person. Oh no! But I hear. But I hear it's incredible. And I just finally started the Sandman. Oh okay. No so. Queen Charlotte. This this pairs us with talking about the last two episodes because the legacy. What people yes. don't realize is that the children of Charlotte and George the Third are the ancestors of our current English king. What? Lord, and, Netflix, Shonda Rhimes, you genius. Yes, and, um, and for those of you that might not know all the depths of the connections, is that Charlotte married George III. George III is notoriously known in history as Mad King George. Yes. This is also the George. Also a great that, film from the 80s. Yes, and it's also the George that if you are a fan of um, Hamilton, that is the same King George that was brought to life by Jonathan Joff um, or Groff. Um, But also, so there's the ties of George III is his reign is when America breaks away to being from a colony to being the United States. The king that lost America. Yes. And so all of these ties of, and their 15 children, um, the, the um, the third or fourth child of theirs is their daughter becomes Victoria, which be, then becomes Queen Victoria, and so this is where like it's all connected. But it's an dies, amazing show, right? Um, no, actually, so um, in history, Charlotte dies, and then their oldest son becomes um, yes, that's it. regent because. Um, George becomes um, insoluble, and <laughs> it's mo- uh, most likely he probably had schizophrenia, um, untreated schizophrenia, and so then then he passes. I think a couple years after his wife dies, but then there's a string of like everyone kind of dies, and they're all um, childless. So it takes like the third, third or fourth kid to finally produce an heir which is Victoria. There you go. Which leads us to episode nine and 10. 
with episodes nine to ten. All right, AJ, shall we get into it? Yes, we shall. We've got a lot to discuss. All right, everyone, here we go. We're going to discuss episodes nine and ten of season five of The Crown. Okay, Anjanette, episode nine is called Couple 31. Why is that? Because this is the divorce episode. The divorce episode. But what they're really and trying like to do. And like multiple divorces. It is yeah. not just one divorce. No, it is, it is like watching that old HBO show where like you talk, that therapist talked to multiple patients every episode and you're like, what do, why do I care about these people? Anyways. Or it's like, it's like Oprah's um, classic line of you get a car, you get a car, you get, you a, get divorce, a divorce, you get a divorce, you get a divorce. Um, uh, nothing trivial in that, but that's literally what it felt like in this episode. And they call them couple 31 because they're trying to normalize it. Because even though they're royalty, they have to go through the same process as everyone else. Right. And it it's it highlights how the divorce process happens in, in England, that there is um, a specific court. There is a specific um, style of and procedure of how you go about doing it. And so the episode starts off in a courtroom with a bunch of barristers and a judge. And then it's juxtaposed with couples talking about why their marriage failed and why they're now ultimately at this conjuncture of divorce is the best option. And then who leads us to the divorce? Like who's the one that calls us, calls us here in so many ways. Um, You know, it's the queen because, but it's almost because the war of the whales is it's the war of the whales is. And I, and ultimately I don't like to say it's the queen because I do think it's Charles. I think it's ultimately Charles. He is unhappy with, he's not, um, you know, Diana and, and Philip and, you know, the queen and even the queen mom and Anne um, and Margaret all were like, okay, give them a separation, let them do their things. But ultimately Charles will remember that he has to stay married or he has to stay connected to the mother of his children, which are technically the heirs of the throne. And Charles is all like, no, now that I'm married, I can live with Camilla, my side piece. And the queen's all like, okay, this is not working. And so she writes to Charles and Diana and says, um, the divorce is the preferable um, option because the vows were shattered by everyone and this is it goes against her convictions as being a wife as being a mother and being a sovereign and being the head of the church but that the separation is not the remedy that they thought it was and so the divorce needs to happen and and what the show shows is that diana is is completely shattered by it yeah well, she's but, the one that still loves her, loved him, you know? Yeah, and and she recognized, you know, she she's still under this, you know, um, I don't want to say it's an illusion, but I think she was still like, look, I gave you everything that you asked of me, and I'm still being punished, and I'm being targeted as the bad guy, and yet I wasn't the destroyer of this marriage, but the man that thinks is the destroyer is, you know, that I'm the destroyer isn't. And 
she did see that, you know, that the interview with Bashir kind of helped and that she had a moment of reprieve that the people were finally seeing her side, but that the winds of change shifted. I, I think there was also a, a huge push to the belly of the media Hashtag BBC. Yeah, um, as BBC. We, we talked about in a previous episode about how the PB, BBC is 100% linked to the crown. And because of the fallout that was perpetuated, she has lost Dr. Khan. So she yeah. is now single again. And she's being hounded by the paparazzi. And what we see is them, the, the lawyers coming together of Charles's and Diana's lawyers and honestly I did not think that her demands were ostentatious they were right I was like girl I, I would have asked for more he produced um, two potential heirs she gets whatever the hell she wants right and she wasn't the one that strayed out of that marriage from the gecko um but so she demanded um to keep her residence at Kensington Palace you also have to understand she still has two very young kids so it wasn't just her saying, I want to stay on palace grounds. It was, I want to provide stability and uh, a home that my children were, you know, grew up in and they're around family and they're protected because they are the heirs of the crown. Um, instead of or, or just being, no, I want to stay in, in the palace. She asks for an office at St. James because she is still the princess of Wales. She still is an active Royal duty. So she still has, um, jobs and yep. events that she has to go to she still has um charities and companies that she's a patron for and that she wanted a separate budget for her office um and and then also a financial statement and charles's lawyers come back and say oh no we'll just give you a one-time payment of 35 million um yep. pounds which is and technically like was it 73 million today? Yeah, I mean, and Charles is like, or no, that's the the separate amount that they wanted was 35 million. And Charles was like, oh no, he's so livid. And um, him and Camilla are on the phone and he doesn't like this proposal. And Sorry. Camilla asks him, the what? No, never mind. I think oh. ultimately the part that made me so mad about this whole thing was like, the amount of time they spend rehabbing Camilla. Uh, um, yes. And so she asked him, like, why are you so uh, against the settlement? And what, what would happen if you don't agree? And he's like, well, you have to wait two more years. And they both are like, we can't wait two more years. <laughs> um, and he gets super, like, Charles is just so angry in this episode about how no one has, has child. included Camilla and the public still treat her wrong. and. Um, he even has a, you know, he's talking to his, you know, they're talking to each other. They're talking to his private secretary and his goal is to protect Camilla. And he literally says that he's like, we need someone to protect you. We need someone to fight in your corner in privacy and in the public um, image. And they throw out this thing called a spin doctor of having someone help them rehab her. And this is the only thing I like about this episode is the, the actor that they picked for the spin doctor is one of my favorite actors, um, up and coming actors, Ben Lloyd Hughes. 
who plays um, Mark, a, a real person who is the one that actively successfully rehabbed Camilla, that during the work of Mark um, Bollard, they went from a rating, Charles and Camilla went to, from a rating of 25% or 20% to over 75%. And instead of people talk, calling her Mrs. Parker Bowles to remind everyone that she was married and she was an adulteress and she was she was a divorcee, we started seeing in um, the news just Camilla. Yeah. And... Um, which ultimately now we're in, you know, 2023, and now she's queen consort, and Ugh. so it's it's ultimately successful in the rehabbing of her and yeah. their decades long affair, and I ugh, it turns my this entire episode, the last two episodes for me, fall flat because of the true histories that we've now had from night from the 1990s to now that if this would have been you know aired two three years ago even four maybe um it might have been more successful in what they were trying to show and what they were trying to prove and what they were trying the ultimate goal is to rehab charles and camilla yeah. in history in narrative in remembrance so we we can handle them now and i'm all like no it doesn't it doesn't fly for me and it doesn't land, and it doesn't work. And what we see is that um, also the queen is is having, you know, real struggles with, you know, the divorce and and what's happening in real life and and how to make it work. And it's it's really hard because, you know, Charles and Camilla are just really wanting to go on with their life and 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 you're kind of like no you have to pay this woman <laughs> right and you have to and and even the spin doctor says like you have to get this divorce fixed. just get like, it done with quietly and you have to you have to show that you are respectful of the fact that she is the mother of your children and the heirs to the throne yes and so ultimately they do agree um on a settlement and Yeah. At the end of the episode is Charles comes unannounced to Kensington Palace. Okay, so do you where do you think they got this scene from? Because this is the scene that like okay, so the whole episode is like blah 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 everyone's upset they're getting divorced and it's really real and there's like these little mini episodes of like people talking about their marriage that have some way in shape or form connection to the royals. But the meat of the show is the last the meat of the episode's last 15 minutes. Yeah. What, um, do you think it ever happened? I, I, I do. I do. I do think that they had, um, I, I do think they had a conversation. I don't, yeah. I don't know. Um, I, I think it was, I think there might've been a couple of, um, instances because I think what ultimately happens is, what we will see is that there is this peace that happens after the divorce, but that there is this still pettiness that resides, especially because Charles takes the, like the freedom of, Oh, now I'm divorced. Now I can be seen in public with Camilla. Now she can come to events. Now I can go on vacation in public that I think 
really rubbed Diana the wrong way. And so then when Diana starts doing that by herself and going out on the dating scene and going out on vacation, and then ultimately what we'll see in the next season is, you know, a relationship, a very public relationship with a a non-white man that Charles can't stand that and he can't handle. So he wants, he wants his cake and pie and ice cream. She's finally getting the good D. Right. Right. Um, In multiple (laughs) ways. Um, But like they have this, the thing about this show is that like, even in the episodes where it wasn't this glorified handsome hunk that they're trying to make Charles. Right. Like they have this like, calm conversation where like if you're like okay just keep talking like if you're a therapist you're like okay just keep talking like this like when they're in australia in that one episode and they like finally lay out their cards on the table and like everything's lovely and then they just can't help themselves right well and but also like yeah like charles's pride and what he sees as his his god-given born right and everyone else doesn't have that and you know, the conversation, yeah, it starts off as, and you're like, oh my God, it's, it's, it's a healthy conversation. They're, they're really talking, you know, to each other and not over each other and not around each other. And she apologizes like, Hey, like maybe I wouldn't have, you know, worn the revenge dress. And it, if we would have been talking and, um, she does say it's a great dress. (laughs) I mean, I was all like, girl, don't you apologize for that dress ever. Um, but what, you know, they do kind of, there is this, like, really vulnerable moment between the two of them where, you know, Charles is very open. as eyes like, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't, you know, value you enough. And I didn't let you know the things that I was supporting you in. And, and she does say, like, you know, yeah, I let some of my paranoia and my crazy kind of bleed in but I, I did ultimately really, really love you. And I was here for you and I was, I was all in and they share this moment where they're in the kitchen and they're, they're cooking together. And it's that I don't, I don't know if I fully believe because I just don't believe Charles has ever, ever picked up a cooking utensil. But, um, and he makes her like the weirdest thing. Like yeah like eggs or like i don't even know but you know she kind of mentioned something like he's like oh i i wanted to see here i wanted to i wanted to come back to a place where we were you know i lived here happily and she kind of was all like were you actually really happy yeah. she's like um i was you know maybe and then you know they're like well maybe for a year maybe we were actually happy for a year and i think that's the a real bit of it is that there was maybe a window where they were on the same page that they were they were wanting to to figure it out but then ultimately they don't and where the the conversation derails for everyone watching even and for the actors and what they were portraying is when you know they're talking about it and charles says you know we were a perfect match and the whole world thought it and maybe just not a perfect love. And Diana throws in the barb of saying, you know, you already had someone that you loved completely. And Charles in his pettiness was all like, can you just say her name? And I was all like, Oh, and um, says, she's like, I never stood a chance because Camilla was there. And that's when they start like kind of getting a little 
catty towards each other and um you know diana responds saying i didn't marry a family i married a man and i married you because i loved you and i gave birth to a son and we could have been a family and not a monarch in waiting we could have had it all (laughs) yep yep and you know charles is like no (laughs) (laughs) who can doubt the love of happiness that this couple so obviously feel and share (laughs) yeah you know and 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 they leave you know it's it's the you know and that this is how the the episode ends it leaves very shaky yeah and um You know, you know ul- ultimately, they get divorced. ultimately, it's the thing we've been waiting for, but it sets up this really dark turn for Diana in this new season that's coming forth. Yeah, it, um, it really, the, the episode ends with like a highlight reel of the, the wedding of, of Charles and Diana. And then a, a lone woman who's in the crowd kind of stares off into the, the future and then the episode ends and it it's uh, it's a foreshadowing of that the divorce isn't the end isn't yeah. the the yeah. the major disaster or the largest disaster that they're going to have to deal with um, because i think it it does highlight that you know for charles i think the one successful thing of this season is that ultimately he keeps coming to this is going to be the solution. This is going to be the solution and I'll finally get rid of the Diana problem. And every solution that he gets isn't actually successful. So at first it's let's not be in the same house. I'm going to secretly um, keep seeing Camilla. Then it's let's get separated because we're we're tearing each other apart and the people are picking up on it. And now it's, oh, it's not the sub- separation's not enough. Let me get a divorce. And what we'll see is that the divorce isn't enough. Like in the next episode, he he has a goal on. He wants to be married to Camilla. Yep. He wants to live this happy life. He wants to go on vacations with her. He wants her to be, you know, valued and treated and honored at, at places. And um, but then Diana's still alive, and and we all know what they did to her. Right, and and we're going to be seeing that in the next season, which. Um, I was just re-watching these episodes to prepare for this podcast, and Netflix has put a title on it saying that the last season will be airing, um, or the new season, I, I, but I believe this is going to be the last season that they're going to be. Um, no, this is the last season. Yeah, that it's coming this year. Yeah. That the last season will be airing in 2023. So yeah. um, we're, buckle up. Because episode 10 is definitely creating the landscape for where we're going for the last season. So where we are not going is anywhere on a boat. (laughs) Not the Britannia. (laughs) So the last episode of the season is called Decommissioned. And I have a lot of... Lowercase D. The D you don't want. The D you don't want. But the D that Diana's not getting. Um... And this episode is so much, you know, everyone's in like their own little silos. 
everyone's trying to figure out what's next. You have Dodie and the Fayed. Yeah, we get are a back. Re- yeah, we, we get a reintroduction, remember, of the, the Al-Fayed family. And you have um the introduction of a new prime minister and Labour Party has taken over. Um, Tony Blair. Tony Blair, who will play a big, big role um in not only British politics, but also um what happens to the royal family um and how they handle it but mostly and and he's the bridge of modernity in england like tony blair re-puts britain back on the the map in a public global way like he was seen everywhere during his prime ministership yeah everywhere but mostly what this show is about this final episode is about charles and his ambition and what he sees in hong kong which is really true and tied to what we were experiencing a few years ago and still are with democracy in Hong Kong because the Chinese mm-hmm. Communist Party has now taken it over and has it back um, to the Queen and her boat and mm-hmm. what I feel is her longingly understanding what the show keeps doing is isolating her in her not use, non-usefulness in many ways because I think they keep showing that she isn't who she was before but then what we get the later on understanding of is where Diana is going after this as well. Yeah. And um, there is pockets of true historical evidences, you know, and, and encounters that we have in this last episode. And one of them, as you mentioned, is Hong Kong be, um, becoming quote unquote independent or removed as a colony of the British empire and given back as the British, um, as the speech that Charles states is that it's given back to the people, but the royal family sees it as another colony is being taken away from them. Yeah. But the other instance is, and this is how we... And can you explain how this happens? Because as this is a big one. Like, so the British ruled Hong Kong. Yeah. And then... They took over. They took over. um, And... in a, for a, over 150 years, they took over um, Hong Kong, which is an, a little island um, next to mainland China. And one of the reasons they did that um, for history's sake is to have access to the opium trade um, and, and port into that and export and import of Chinese and Asian goods to Europe. And so Hong Kong is a really important um, port for that. And were able to successfully, in many ways, um, starve off or or fight off or hand off from red communist China um, and the Chinese revolution, um, communist revolution that happened. So there was a lot of things that Hong Kong um, is kind of like a bastion for independence freedom democracy is 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 in defiance to what is the chinese government currently right now and has been for a long time and so the british crown just they and this is very par for the course when they hand over colonies back to the people that they say they leave them more soft um i will always say that i'm not a fan of the british raj in india and what they did in partitioning establishing pakistan India and um, East Pakistan, which will become um, Bangladesh, and time and time again, they they don't do kindly when they 
give back. I mean, back is a, a pejorative phrase right there because what do you do when it's a country and people that weren't originally yours and you colonized it and, and imperialism and X, Y, and Z. Yeah. So the Hong Kong is really relevant because there are a lot of countries right now that are still in the Commonwealth that are still, even if they're not even in the Commonwealth, that they're actual countries under the United Kingdom that are wanting to break away. We see this in a couple months ago when um, Prince William and Kate went on a Caribbean tour. There were three or four islands that they were supposed to visit um, in addition to the ones that they actually visited that actually rejected their, they said, we don't want you to come and visit. And then the the islands that we, me and Marcy talked about this a lot when it was happening. Um, shout out to Marcy. Shout out and, to Marcy. Always shouts out to Marcy. Yep. Um, and some of the countries that they did visit had active protests and the visits did not land that the, the way that they were thinking it was going to land because the people just do not want to be part of the Commonwealth, do not want to be part of the crown, do not want to be colonized anymore, do not want to be subjects. They want to be their own citizens. And what we see ultimately, too, is along this narrative in this episode is the historical um, real life reality show that took place called Monarchy, The Nation Decides. And this was an event in 1997. It aired on ITV. So this is why this was probably able to air. It was not on the BBC. It was on their rival channel. And it had 3,000 participants in the audience over 2.5 million people voted in this experiment survey reality show. And 48% did not think that the monarchy would survive another 50 years. A third of the people that voted believed Charles would be a bad king. And only 3% valued the monarchy. And what we see in this um, show... Diana's watching and she's actively voting and saying that she does not want the monarchy. It's one of the most brilliant, I think. <laughs> like that scene for me, on top of Ben Lloyd Hughes being still in this episode too, is that I think probably the best like fun I had watching because I was just watching her redial and voting no and um, it juxtaposed with people talking about why they don't want the monarchy or why they want the monarchy. And the show, the um, caster that was there asked the audience, um, do you want to see a queen, Char a King Charles and a Queen Camilla? And everyone voted no. Um, and she laughs. And then the, the next question was, has royal scandals damaged the country's reputation? And everyone pretty much voted yes for that. And it made me laugh, too. I was like, oh, boy, you better buckle up because the scandals are just going to get worse from 1997 to 2023. Um, but what we also see is, you know, Dodie Fayed is living out in, in Hollywood. He's still running the production company, but he's found a, 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 a lady, a blonde haired bombshell model. Very similar to yes. someone we might know later but before we leave the hong kong piece oh yes okay let's go back can i tell you my favorite part of the episode please charles flying business class <laughs> <laughs> 
I I forgot about that. You're right. That is my second. That's my third favorite part of that. Um, and the politicians are flying first class. So not only is he flying business class, but the other people that are along for the the same event. And he has this moment where it's all like, wait, are you telling me that so the bitter. heir the heir to the throne has to fly business class, but that politicians are flying first class? And that's there's nothing that gets under his skin more. But in Hong Kong, he ultimately requests that private audience with Tony Blair. He does, yes, he does two things. He asks for a private audience with the newly elected Tony Blair, but then also no, right. And he also um, creates a holiday with him and Camilla on the Britannia, which would be the last voyage of the yacht. Yeah. Yeah. And we're going to get to that final piece of him talking to the prime minister in a minute here, but we're back to the Fryads. What's the one piece of this episode that really angered you? Cause we talked about this before we hit record. So the, 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 piece that really angered me because we have no evidence we have no um people saying that this was ever a thing that he did is he Dodi um basically whines to his daddy and says like i want money to buy this house in malibu and i want you to give me the private jet so i can fly to you so you can meet my new girlfriend and while they're on this private jet with this model that looks eerily like diana but also a little bit like michelle pfeiffer um is it myself like who is it supposed to be no it's it's this model named kelly um that they do get um engaged and the show shows him proposing to her but ultimately he will ghost her and before the ghosting was a term um and and throw her off when he gets introduced uh, again re gets um introduced to diana and then they will become Dodie and diana will become a thing in the next season um but they join the Mile High Club in their private jet. I and mean, afterwards... Can I have the jet, Daddy? It's $50,000. Right. <laughs> <laughs> of gas, of gas, let alone all the other things. But they're talking about, you know, she's asked, like, well, will your dad like me? And he's like, of course you will. And she's like, well, I thought Scandinavian women were his thing. And she, Dodie's all like, oh, that's, you know, you can play that too. And they're coaching. He's totally coaching her to get a, a an acting role. But what I get, I got so angered with was that they showed Dodie do three lines of Coke. And there's no evidence whatsoever to say that Dodie was ever a a drug user um, recreationally or habitually. And for me, I see that what they're trying to do here is to try and cast a shadow on his character because of his connection with Diana. And I'm not here for that at all. No, it's not. Nope. Not today, Satan. Not not today, Satan. But so then, what all? But also, it it shows it's reminding us that the Fayeds, um, are still really connected to Diana because on top of Dodie, you know, doing his young boy thing, I guess, um, his dad Mumu is still really good friends with Diana, and in the course of the episode. Mumu and his wife are attending the ballet and Diana's there and Diana is just really kind of lonely and sad and, and not just not her effervescent self. So and cute. Mumu, it was adorable to watch those. Yeah. Two. 
they they interacted across the theater in, in like silent sign language and then um he gets her to go to dinner and she's you know she tells him that you know she wanted to take the boys to america for a summer vacation but that the security you know said no and she's just being constant and the paparazzi are right there at, at the restaurant windows and mumu like says a word to his bodyguards all the paparazzi go away (laughs) i love that episode i love that you know and he tells her like come with us to saint tropez in southern france and all my bodyguards are are ex-special forces and the children will have sand and toys and you can go shopping and he tells her everything that she wants yeah everything that like she was supposed to have if you remember at the beginning of the the season when they go on that ill-fated yacht vacation um, that she wanted as a family vacation. And she thinks about it and she goes and she actually ultimately requests it to the queen. And the queen's all like, no, I don't really want to do that. But it's Diana's weekend or Diana's year to have the, the boys. And ultimately, it's not my. Like, I can't really say no to this. And so it sets up that. Diana will take the boys and if you if you know your Diana history you know that this is going to be the vacation of the very very famous pictures of Diana in a bathing suit sitting on the bow of a yacht looking super sad Um, and this is it's it's the Afayed yacht that she's doing that on and that will ultimately meet um, she will then meet Dodie and then um, take on her relationship that she will end up dying with so speaking of yachts Britannia Britannia the 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 yacht that represents the queen the queen not just in her reign but her as a woman so we started the season really in a way with this storyline a a remindering a reminder yeah of the of the Britannia and we're ending it because this was really her her first, as she says, palace that was her own. Oh, to have a, to have a palace of one's own. Right, and it it showed the the expanse and the technology of of the United Kingdom. Yeah, and you know it, it perpetuated this notion of that the sun never set on the British crown, and now they have a yacht to prove it. That, and the the. You know, it's called decommission because the the newer policies and people and politicians do not want to continue to fund the upkeep of this royal yacht. And so with the election of Tony Blair, we see that he is really his party and his one of the goals is to decommission. The Britannia, but he and, does offer to like have it be named like. Well, so he goes and he a at when, shopping store. Yeah, he, he has a when he has the the private audience with Charles, he is able to see the like tradition and and beauty that is the Britannia, and he realizes, ooh, well maybe maybe not getting rid of this isn't the the thing, and so he goes to the Queen and says in his first official meeting as the Prime Minister. He says, hey, like, we have this idea of instead of, you know, fully getting rid of this yacht, 
what we're going to do is we're going to sell it to a private company and then they will then rent it back to us when you when a royal family member wants to use it and we will change the name to New Britain. New which, New Britain. New Britain which was also the sponsored cam- by Mastercard. Well that and the campaign tour of Tony Blair and the Labour Party as the New Britain. Charles loves this idea of renting the yacht and the queen the family doesn't understand it they're all like like a rental like 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 avis like a car rental like i don't understand this like a- and, avis like they know what an yeah. avis is like, right. avis. <laughs> like avis like a rental um and she ultimately queen elizabeth says no and she says no we're just going to decommission it i can't that's not going to happen and you know you can see that charles is really buckling under being the heir apparent and not having his ideas supported, not having a, an ability to do what he wants to do. He I just mean, wants to help. He just wants to have a life and a job and a duty and a voice and everyone to support him in his roles. Shut up, and- Charles. <laughs> <laughs> right? And what we see is, you know, he he talks to Tony Blair. He sees such a affinity with and this Tony is Blair. a no-no. Right. And that they're so young that they're both kind of wanting to change. And this private audience really doesn't do what he it should have done because it gets the queen really, really mad. And so Charles has to come before mummy and she says, like, what are you doing? Like, you had a private audience. I can I can forgive and we can spin this vacation that you had on the yacht with camilla and what we see is the price secretary says we'll um, submit a statement saying that the you know prince of wales went on a vacation with friends and family and with mrs parker bowles on their own dime that the crown nor the british people funded it which was a bunch of lies which if you trace that like all these statements that have been sent out time and time again of vacations that the royal family did do and then they're like it's on their own dime and it wasn't funded bullshit but ultimately so the queen says we can spin that we can't spin this private audience with the prime minister and that is because you do not get to have a relationship with the prime minister you are the heir it is only the sovereign that uh, has I, a prime minister so this is the episode and i think listeners know that from the previous season when olivia coleman and the younger prince charles have that you better start acting like one and if you hope to be a king one day and he goes i do and she just snaps back she goes then you better act like one and like just puts him in her place right Mm -hmm. puts him in his place right multiple times multiple Multiple times. times she does that again here and she's sitting down the entire time Mm hmm and, and she's like, and she owns him. She does. And um, she she calls him out again and says, like, you know, there's pictures of your affair with Mrs. Parker Bowles. And, you know, Charles has a line, but he's like, but mommy, like, I'm I'm a free woman. I'm a free man. Like, it's it's not an affair anymore. And the queen responds, which this is, I think, my fourth favorite part of this episode. I only have five. And she says, a divorced man whose wife is still living. Yeah, she she corrects. She goes, I just don't understand why you are so in love with Camilla. Like, this is insane. 
Yes. And then, um, which I, I totally threw up in my mouth when Charles like goes on this diatribe about saying how amazing Camilla is. And he's like, why don't you, and why doesn't the public love her? Like this entire time she has been nothing but um, a, a model of discretion, decency, and dignity. And I threw up. Yeah. Although like, really? She hadn't, she was an adulterous woman twice over because she had an, an affair with, because she was married and then she had an affair with you while you were married. Like, sir, that's not dignity <laughs> and that's not discretion and that's not decency. Um, she had children, you had children and y'all had tampon gate. Like, tell me that's dignity and Diana discretion. was a wife, a mother, and she would have done you well. That's right. Um, and, you know, Charles throws back to her saying to, to the queen, you know, everyone wants a happy heir. So everyone wants a divorce and everyone wants me with Camilla. And I was all like, I don't know which delusion you're living in, but it's still not the case in 2023. But anyways, the, the other... Um, The other, um, this is my other favorite bit in this episode, is that, um, you know, Charles responds back to the queen um, after the queen chastises him and says, like, you do not get a relationship with the prime minister. And Charles says, um, you know, you, the only person that has it is the sovereign. And then he counters back by saying, which one day I will be. And the queen says, one day, but not yet. But not and then, today. <laughs> and then, yeah, and then Charles says, when? <laughs> and the queen looks at him, like, and delivers a line that says, this job is for, for life. life. Yes. And but, but if you know anything about shade and anything about reading between the lines, what she was saying is, bitch over my dead body. And literally, I'm going to cling to this mortal coil for another 30 years. Right. <laughs> and she does. Like, you know, she doesn't die until 2023. Like, I mean, she held on and on and on. Um, God bless her. And she did that. She, ult her ultimate public service. That's right. Was ensuring... That, that when Charles took the crown, he was Jerry. He's got like at least another five years <laughs> until some like, other global pandemic gets him. From from your lips to, to the goddess ears. <laughs> so then the queen has this conversation. And then she has her own private funeral for the Britannia aboard. And essentially we leave her looking solemnly as she walks through all the rooms. You know, she did pause in the room in season two where her and Philip had that argument that the first four episodes are really based off of when he, she right. discovers his affair. Well, one of his many affairs mm -hmm. and she paused there for a second. And I thought that was really intentional. Yeah. And, and there's, while she's also reminiscing in the actual yacht space, we also get images of, you know, Claire Foy and Matt Smith's, portrayals as queen elizabeth and prince philip and so it's like a hearkening back to this is where we started in the season not just in the life of queen elizabeth but as a as a show and it it 
really plays into, and this like is a really good um, dovetail of what how we started of talking about. You know, Charles tells the queen like you're out of touch, and you're holding on to these traditions and this lineage that cannot make it into the modern world. And he mentions um, Queen Mary. And then he mentions Queen Victoria and says that, like, you are holding on Queen, you know, Victorian notions and he doesn't see them as being sustainable. And his ultimate worry on top of him not having a crown and not having a life and a duty and a voice X, Y and Z is that he doesn't see that when he gets the crown that there will be anything left. And I was all like, if that's not the most truest statement of this whole dang season then I don't know what is because he is, he's gotten this crown and there, and there's so many people that don't view him as King hashtag, not my King that want to break away from the Commonwealth that believe that monarchy needs to be no more, that the Royal family that was, is not going to be the Royal family of the future. And, but I think a lot of it has to do with his own choices and what he did and how he did it. And, um, but it is a it is a sad sad ending of and it it doesn't pair well cuz i'm like you're you're the way that they show it is this you know queen elizabeth is just very sad and despondent and realizing that the decommissioning of the yacht is in a way a decommissioning of her as a crown and and what she stands for and what the crown stood for and for me i'm like but she has more than 20 almost 30, you know, years left of her reign. So what what are you doing here in setting up that she's this remorseful and, and sorrowful and um, sad about something that she will continue to do things for 30 years on? Um, which, that. Is, which is another reason why I think it falls flat on yeah. things that, but it does set up this, this, tension between new versus old um modern versus traditional what it is the crown how the crown survives but there's just so much if we do like a kind of like a recap of the whole entire season since we're at the, the end of the season there's so much that i feel they don't do well like they did so well in casting in some ways but like who they cast as tony blair nothing like it and and my entire pet peeve of this season is who they cast as the queen mother because she was just this hollow tiny tiny little tree of of a figure that's not what the queen mom was and the queen mother was and they made her a racist like they made her so much of a racist and and there's a part of me that that scene in the dinner where when they're talking about hong kong and she makes this racist comment and everyone's like oh how dare you can't say that there's a part of me that was watching and i was all like was this an added scene because of what's been happening with harry and megan and the revelation that there was racist comments given to um the potential skin color of prince archie mountbatten um prince harry and duchess megan's child that came and, and Harry and Megan didn't tell anyone who made the comments. So everyone's kind of trying to read in who made the comments. Well, you know, the queen mother has been dead for more than 20 years. So who, who's actually racist in that family? Um, I think I know, do you know, John? 
Uh, um, few people. <laughs> so yeah, I, I I feel like you know the the rehabbing of Charles, the rehabbing of Camilla, the rehabbing of Andrew. That yeah. is, um, like there's a scene where you know it's the Queen's birthday and Charles gives her a a very famous art piece and everyone's like, oh, that's nice. Here's a Monet. And then, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then Andrew Parps pipes in and gives her a gift and it's a singing trout. And they all go bonkers, bonkers for this um, gift. And like, oh, the, you you give such a great gift, and what a what a delight, and blah blah. And it's such this farce of like they are true and real people and humans, and that they find things that we wouldn't even think they would find, you know, funny or beautiful. And but it shows that like Charles again is feeling ostracized um not valued that is being pushed out and you know not given the correct place that he was born into and should be given into which i think ultimately will set up where they end the entire season next series or next yeah the entire series next season and that's the episode and that's the season and that's the season with the queen looking sad and sorrowful um, in the um, Britannia, Diana packing for her vacation, and Charles is with his dick. side piece. His side piece. <laughs> All but right. Yeah. How, how did you? How? What were your thoughts on wrapping up of the season? You know, how I feel this season is this season is very much like the first season with Olivia Coleman, as it just gets you through it, and you're waiting mm. for the actual like real drama and that's next season yeah so all right listeners pop culture theologian signing off for season 11 and Jeanette you did you done good so did you so did you well we'll be back keep listening keep subscribing keep hate tweeting at Anjanette for loving the hobbit series um I don't know well jokes on you because i don't have a twitter so ha that find her on tiktok people Let, i'm gonna post her her username no and if anyone's actually listening that's all a bunch of lies he's doing a camilla charles rehabbing of his own thoughts and feelings because i did never i never said that i only said the fellowship of the rings movie is a masterpiece it's great all right all right with that everyone Have a great day, and we'll see you next season.